live and let die. <laughs> it's a James Bond movie. I know. And it's Paul McCartney, all in one thing. And it's pyrotechnics. It's really great. Let him just do the... This is... Rebooting the news. Rebooting the news. <laughs> and Paul McCartney is very excited to be on the show today, I hear. <laughs> With me is and Dave Weiner. I bet he's going to be at the wedding. Hijacking what do you think? copyrighted music and using oh, it for stop our purposes. saying that. No, I think he's going to be at the wedding. I think he will be at the wedding. Paul the, McCartney? The royal wedding. Sir Paul, Sir Paul. I will not be at the wedding. I won't either. They told me that I they, won't be attending electronically either. They wanted me. They wanted to invite me, but they said if they invited me, they would have to invite, invite the, everyone. No, the Pope. <laughs> Just the Pope. And they didn't want the Pope because he's German, and, you know, they had this war between Germany and... Uh, you know, and England, and it just wouldn't go over. So they said, next time. Yeah. Right? Because maybe they'll have an Italian pope, although that would present similar problems. You know, the <laughs> m- media frenzy surrounding the wedding, which is only going to get worse and bigger as we approach the It's date. April 29th, you know. Yeah. So we've got a couple weeks here, and the media frenzy surrounding the royal wedding is perhaps the best example I can think of of how we don't have a free press in this sense. Almost everyone who is going to engage in the frenzied build-up and overkill feels they have to. They feel that they have to. Yeah, well, if they really have to, then we don't really have a free press. Hmm. Well, We have one that is compelled to cover certain things, and they can't actually choose. But they can't actually choose. That's you know. Well, that's what I mean. <laughs> so it's not really. But we can choose not to watch. That's yes, the, <laughs> sure. That's uh, right. So the audience is free. Yeah. But well, the there's a lot of not. things they can't choose. Like for example, if the Republicans propose a Meshugana plan, suppose it's so-called plan, to tackle the deficit, which mm. somehow became the problem plan. number one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then they feel obliged to completely destroy the country by s- talking about how serious it is and how much thought went into this mm. and how while we might not agree with everything that's in the plan. It's bold. It's I've heard that it's bold. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, mm-hmm. my God. So that led to an interesting, you know, so I was ready to pull out what little hair I have left. Um, and... Uh, and I was thinking, what would we do? What could we do? And I thought, well, we could go over Ryan's head. And I think that would be, that's that's where, you know, we need to go. Because the press and the Democrats are complicit. They're acquiescing. They It's all, it's got to be a big stage play, you know, because why. Over Ryan's head in what sense? We go directly to, well, who, do, who, who would you go, if you wanted to go over his head, who would you go to? You go to the voters of the first district in Wisconsin, the first oh, congressional man. district in Wisconsin. And Wisconsin, which has been an active political state this year. It's a very year. important state. There's yep. also, I happen to have gone to grad school in the state yeah, of Wisconsin. Matt Wadison, yeah, Matt And I've always, I always felt, and you know, I realized that I must have gone to school with some people who are Republicans, although we never really <laughs> talked about that. You know, some of them must have been because the state elects Republicans. I would, I would think so, Dave. Some of them must have been Republicans. Just, that's but, just a normal But thing. I'll tell you one thing about... Joe McCarthy was a Wisconsin absolutely. Republican. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and 
Um, but one thing that was uniformly true of people in Wisconsin, and maybe not without exception, is that they're really nice people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're good people to have a brat Normal with. Normal people. Did you hear what I said? To have a brat with? You know what a brat? A, a brat, bratwurst. Yeah, I do. Or a yeah. beer. You could have a point beer or mm-hmm. a Leinenkugels. Or, or a piece a, of cheese. They like cheese. And <laughs> I went there not liking cheese. And, you know, you can't leave the mm-hmm. state of Wisconsin without liking cheese. Being and a cheese head, yeah. Yeah, they wear cheese on their heads. Mm-hmm. And so I'd like to ask them not to not vote for Ryan for re-election and not to recall them. Some people thought that I was saying that they should recall them. No, I would just like to know, what were you thinking when you elected <laughs> this guy? I mean, right. help me understand what he's doing for you. A, I mean, key, a, a can we talk campaign. Yeah. yeah. And um, I happen to mention this to uh, Eli Pariser, who's the head of I know MoveOn.org, yep. really bright guy. Yeah, and he interviewed me for his book. No kidding. Yeah. Now, you see, I... Well, at least I didn't get oh. invited to the. I did not get an interview. <laughs> oh, let's one up each other on it. Yeah. Uh, I didn't get interviewed, but um, uh, but he says it's a good idea, and let's um, let's do something like that. Uh-huh. Aha! Yeah. But I think that we. Well, should there you go. This is a rebooting the news issue because the press is complicit in this. They they feel that they need to offer him all their support, and uh, and now all of a sudden, well, what the reason getting rid of Medicare. Yeah, here's the way I would put it. Right. It's craziness. Here's the way I would put it. The press cannot serve as an independent reality check. It has to take the reality as defined by the political system as real. And if the political system happens to try to define as real something that is surreal, the press will have to take it seriously. And they don't have a choice. They feel they don't have a choice. David Gregory being the best example of <laughs> I'm, all of these things. They can't see. This is an yeah. a, a, audio podcast, but what am I doing, Jay? Big thumbs, thumbs down. down. <laughs> uh, let's move on down. to some more rebooting the news topics. Well, um, all right. That's a rebooting the news topic, though. Yeah. It is. Okay. Um, well, I don't want you to imply that was not a rebooting the news topic. No. I wouldn't. I would be very offended if you were doing that. <laughs> <laughs> but since you're not doing it, I'm not offended. Um, Google and YouTube debuted YouTube Live last week. Did you catch no. that? What is you it? Did? I saw that in a little of the peripheral. I, oh. I don't know that I... Well, so what was it? I heard well, they were having channels. When I heard they were having channels, I said... Well, that's is, the way they're starting. This is not for me. I'm not interested in channels. Oh, okay. Well... I, kn- I know that. What they me. announced is that they're going to start integrating live streaming into the YouTube platform. <coughs> and yes, they're starting with channels for some of their more glitzy commercial users. But I think. What's a glitzy commercial user? Well, people who are actually helping them make money off YouTube. Like? Like people who are. Um, successfully developing their own YouTube channels. YouTube already has oh, channels. right. You know? Uh, and so why did they make a big deal about adding channels if they already have them? No, they, the, the big deal wasn't adding channels. It was adding live streaming. You mean, okay, so like Ustream.tv. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. They're going into competition with those guys. Yeah. And they're presumably going to be huge. Yeah. Of course, because yeah. they already are huge. Right. Hmm. Um, and they have Google TV, too. Right, but what you have to try to imagine is the people in Libya, Iran, 
Egypt who would post things to YouTube that they saw in the streets being able to go live. Sure. It's just another piece of the rebooted system of news. And I can imagine in certain situations that becoming really huge, not just because they can go live, but because we can find out about it live through the live one. That's funny. So you think of Google as being part of the rebooted system of news. Yeah. It's not my first... Well, part of, yes. Part part of. of. It's not... I think of them as in... I I mean, I'm not saying I could argue uh, this. It's just more of an intuitive thing. I see them more as the enemy than than, than being a... uh, a force for the enemy. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Google. Why? Yeah. Um. Well, there was a decision by the FTC. Was it the FTC? Yeah, I think it was. Um, they got you know in a lot of trouble when they rolled out Buzz. They 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 exposed a lot of user data yes. that that users and I, being a Gmail user myself, and I, I know you are as yes, well. Yes, quite a that, quite a um, heavy one. That I didn't really appreciate them exposing that without my permission. And yeah. Um, well, they kind of had and, to retreat on that, didn't and, they? Oh, yeah. And yeah. they claimed that they were doing um, – they claimed that they were within their rights to do it, and this was a, like a big misunderstanding uh, If because I don't think they were within their rights as a user. I sure don't think they were within their rights to do that. Right. And, um, and it broke a lot of trust and it made me think of them as a bad guy, especially when the settlement – was um, with the, the the organization, now I'm not going to remember the name of it, the organization that filed the lawsuit did not participate in the settlement. Mm-hmm. And because the part of the settlement was that they agreed to have their privacy uh, settings reviewed by an independent organization every few years, mm-hmm. uh, the organizations they chose to do the reviews are ones that subsist off of donations from Google. So mm. it's not, you know, I, I question how independent all that stuff really is. Google is looking more like Microsoft than Microsoft ever did, you know. And we're in a time where, you know, post 9-11, post Patriot Act, post Guantanamo Bay, et cetera, et cetera, where we're not very sensitive to those things, mm-hmm. but I haven't forgotten to be sensitive to them. And mm-hmm. I think Google's a force for bad. I, I think that if we were in the 90s, we would all be up in arms about what Google's doing. It's just the climate's a little different right now. Hmm. So, no, I don't like Google. I think Google is bad. You don't like Google when I, you think Google is bad? Yeah. Hmm. You like Google and think they're good? No. No. No, no, no. I, I wouldn't wouldn't say it like that, no. Yeah, I mean, I could be convinced otherwise if they start like acting as a force for good. I used to think Google was great. I used to think Google was the was exemplary. Yeah, that uh, you know, Google was on the side of the web. I wrote that many times. That mm-hmm. uh, you know, so I put my stake. Well, in the I bed. still think there is a coincidence of interest between Google and the open web. Although I also think it's important to look at Google as a company that maximizes its self interest, like other companies, and that. That kind of realism well, is you essential. wanted to talk about Chris Dixon's piece, right? I mean, yeah, that's a perfect segue to I, it. Yes, it is. I mean, uh, go ahead. Sorry, so you should. Let's paraphrase it. Um, Chris Dixon, who is a um, entrepreneur, and angel investor, investor, leading angel investor, yeah, yeah. and also a co-founder of Hunch, right? Yep. Uh, and occasionally and writes about what he sees is going on with with the internet. A really smart guy. Very it, smart it, guy. It, yeah. yeah. Um, wrote this post about Google and its attempt to, to kind of cope with social 
uh, in which he says he thinks Google to do it is going to have to buy Twitter. They what do you do, think? They, I think they do, and I think they will. And I think Google, I think Twitter wants to be bought by them. Hmm. I think, I mean, I think Twitter has run out of ideas, and they know it. And um, and I think they're just jockeying. They're just arguing about price now. So it's all a big exit drama, and the only question is the amount to be filled in in the check. Something like that. Yeah. I mean, um, I think that's what all this. I mean, there's a lot of posturing and gesturing, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. There's a lot of craziness in the press about, you know, uh, Google offering employees like $100 million not to go work for Twitter. Did you mm, hear about that? No. Yeah, no. $150 million. I heard about bonuses tied to search, though. I mean, That's tied to social. That's a different story entirely. Yeah. This was a Mike Arrington thing, and I've been told it's not true, and it's... it's uh, um, that, well, I mean, you know, you can see from the outside that Twitter is a very disorganized, unfocused, not a very viable company. I mean, as as a service, they have stabilized it, and that's good. Um, that makes them saleable. That mm-hmm. makes a deal possible. Right. Because um, if they're crashing all the time, you can't really. But, well, it's hard to know yeah. what you're buying. Right. <laughs> uh, you're buying a lot of users, but even that's up for grabs as to how many users you're buying, you know. Mm-hmm. Um no, not only do they have to get bought by Google, but they will get bought by Google. Hmm. I, I, I absolutely agree with Chris on that one. Yeah. Well, but I don't think Google. I, you know, I thought that. Uh, I mean, I suppose you would expect this of me, but the thing that grabbed me the most was the suggestion that they might base their strategy on open formats and protocols. Right. That you know, I mean, as opposed to trying to make their own money directly. Off well, of they. It. They can't do that. It's just not in their DNA. They just they accepted the open formats and protocols that were there before they arrived on the scene. Okay, so HTTP, HTML, um, those SMTP, um, you know, all the things that you know that they've built on that were open. That the things that have worked, uh, they accept, but they don't accept anything that happened since they were. What about Android? What, what about it? Well, isn't that an open protocol? That's certainly no. It's an op- open source piece of software, but it's different from being a protocol. And even that's in question as to how open it is. Mm-hmm. You know, what what rights do the rest of us have in regards to its openness? You know, I mean, Apple made a big deal about its operating system being open source, but what effect did that have on anything? Mm-hmm. It was only the kernel that was open source, and that's not a whole. That's not a lot of open source right there. Um, these companies tend to open source the parts that are completely uninteresting mm-hmm. that nobody would want to copy anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, no, I don't think Android's particularly open. I mean, I don't think it's bad. I, I use, I have an Android phone right here, you know. Right. But, you know, I don't think they get a lot of points for being open. Uh, the plus one thing that they did, you know, I was, as I was reading Dixon's piece, I was thinking, my God, how different that would have been, <clears throat> how different I would have seen it if... Um, if it had been something I could put in my site without directing people to Google. Right. In other words, if it, you know, that's what it would mean for them to be open, would be to, to create something that people could benefit from without it benefiting Google. 
that's sort of the soft approach to this stuff, you know. So and that's what we're missing is an institution, big institution, that would do it that way. Yeah, and we need that institution, by the way. Yeah. We do. I mean, this is coming up all the time, and it comes up in my discussions with uh, with companies that are built around the Twitter ecosystem. Um, you know, it's it's finally dawning on some of them. I mean, I say finally because I don't know why it took so long that they would have done a little bit better if they had built up something in common between all of them that wasn't owned by any of them all right or right that's a good way of putting it or owned by the corporation Mm -hmm. i mean you know maybe they're not at the point where they can even conceive of something that isn't owned by anyone that that they haven't quite come to grips with but something that wasn't owned by twitter that Mm -hmm. they can get right you know um, that there would be some value. What would be a model for something like that that we can point to? That's that what does I'm wor- Oh, RSS, of course. I yeah. mean, that's the that is their answer. Which that Chris it, mentioned in his. He post. did mention yeah. it, and I've been, you know, I, to be perfectly blunt, I've been talking with Chris a lot. Uh-huh. So I mean, I I don't think it's any coincidence that that's in there. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about for my own gain. You know, everybody, you know, there isn't any gain in there for me, really, and. Unfortunately, uh, I would like to be a commercial developer, as like as like, as any of these people are, mm-hmm. and they've sort of cast me in this role of being a um, a, a a benefactor, you know, mm-hmm. somebody who has no hope of ever making money. When I would when when <laughs> my I know it's not a nice place to be, is it? <laughs> I've had them literally say that to me. It's like, well, I'm here to make money, and you're here to help me make money. And I go thanks. Names, I want names. I'm not giving if you any you're gonna names. <laughs> I'm not giving you any names on that one. Sorry, it has actually. I want happened. names. I swear to God that it actually <laughs> has happened. And the guy I'm talking about knows who he is. <laughs> and uh-huh. I've already had the discussion with him after the fact, saying that this is not cool. But I'm not here to try to make any. It's just that people don't learn this lesson. It's the same reason young people don't want to pay for health insurance because they don't understand why they need it. Mm-hmm. Right. And new software companies don't want to make any investment in their competitors. They just don't want to do it. Right. They want they're all built on the model that what they're going to do is going to be so successful that they're the only ones who are going to be able to squeeze value out of it. Mm-hmm. They're never going to put out a scenario that says anybody else is ever going to be able to profit from anything that they do. Mm-hmm. Well. You know, there's only one company that gets to do that, and it's only for a little while. And that's the cycle that we're caught up in. So. You mean like Microsoft during Windows and Apple now? And Google now. Google. Google yeah. with the advertising on the internet. Right. Yeah. I mean, Google's the only one that can feel that they profit from anybody's activity in advertising on the internet. You know, Microsoft felt and rightly that, that any activity that took place in the personal computer business would go to their bottom line. But, you know, Microsoft never acted on that. They mm-hmm. never based a strategy on that. Because have, had they done that, what it would have looked like would have been, we're getting out of the way and letting you guys just run into a market without us interfering in it. The company couldn't get out of the way. Wouldn't it be cool if we had a news company that thought it profited as long as more people got involved in the news sure i mean i've often felt the new york times we could have been in that position Mm -hmm. maybe even still could although now they've got some serious challengers um but sure of course that is the mature approach to markets unfortunately 
there's never been an example of a company that took that approach. Right. <laughs> <laughs> They're all. They That's all, the one flaw. <laughs> they all. Right. <laughs> the theory's never been tested. Right. I mean, they all act like uh, pre-adolescents, like tweens. Yeah, and that's why they get so enraged by aggregation. Sure, because they found out they have a sibling. <laughs> you or, know, or it's a like, lot of siblings. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you know, what is a kid? I have a friend who has a um, had a you know has two boys and. The new, they're they're um, they're three and newborn, and you know newborn like within the last few months, and you know so what's predictable? Why did you have to bring him home? <laughs> As right? a father of two, you know I this. have some familiarity with this. Right. Every yeah. time, anytime you have more than one, mm-hmm. you know this is when life got really bad for this one kid. That day, you know, this is when he learned that life wasn't just a bowl of cherries, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a bad day for him. Are I you- really have a hard time sympathizing with news companies and executives over this issue of aggregation. For I, sure. I, I, I mean, yeah. But that's when they learned that, 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 that aggregation couldn't work if there was anything more than just them. If there wasn't if more If there wasn't, just, yeah. Right. I'm sorry. I didn't say that right. If, if it was just them, then aggregation would be pointless. It would just right. mean that there was an element missing in their UI, right? But from the point of view of the user of news on the web, aggregation is essential. I mean, it's an, it's an obvious service that you must provide if you are trying to actually equip users with the information that they need. Right. Well, it's, it's, it's relieving them of something that they had to do for themselves. Yeah. It's taking a job, you know, which is what technology companies want to do. Which is why I've said several times that the simplest way to create value in journalism is to save the user time. Yeah. Well, there's an, another, I mean, there's so many examples of this. I mean, you know, we, we, I think in a way this, this podcast that we do is nothing but examples of that, you mm-hmm. know. You know, it's the, a lot of ways of saying it. People come back to places that send them away. Right. That's the story. Uh, you know, Yahoo did great with my.yahoo.com because it pointed to stories that were on CNN. And it was the easiest way to Absolutely. find out what's new on CNN was to go to Yahoo. <laughs> and right. CNN didn't look at that and say, well, we need to do that too. They, they and if all these companies had gotten together, we might have a really good way of doing checkbox news or personalization right. of the news stream, which we don't have. Well, we slipped one in there on them, though, with RSS. We, we we made them do something that they wouldn't... Would benefit they the didn't system even as know, a whole. That's yeah. right. They didn't know what they were doing when they did it. Mm-hmm. And somehow it just slipped in under the radar and, and they did it and they haven't taken it back. Mm-hmm. It's what enables aggregation in the first place. It's what means that right. Google... Everybody pays all this attention to Google as the aggregator, but I don't even think they're the leading aggregator. I mean, you know, they don't particularly use open formats and protocols to do their aggregation, you know? That's why I don't think, you know, and, and Google Reader is this big um, smelly thing in the middle of the market that's screwing up a lot of stuff. You mm-hmm. know? That's another aspect in which I don't think Google is a good guy. You know, People that sort of get in the lead of markets and then refuse to evolve their products, those are bad people. You know, Microsoft did that with IE, you know, and Microsoft paid the, the that was the death penalty for Microsoft, what they did there. IE. They deserve to go down for that. Yeah, well, it was like there was, and not only that, it was the malware. You know, oh, totally. Yeah, you're a Mac user, right? Yes. You, you weren't always a Mac user, no, were you? I was driven away by right. IE. Right. Me too. 
And was, you know when I really got mad is when, um, when Mozilla came out with tabs, which was a wonderful thing for the mm-hmm. way I used the browser. Right. And I realized that IE was never going to give me tabs because they just stopped innovating on that thing. They stopped funding. It wasn't just they stopped innovating. Yeah, they I mean, just they just didn't, didn't care. Yep. I was so enraged. Like, you have this monopoly position. Yep. And this little upstart Mozilla comes out with something like that that is this huge improvement in my browsing and, you know, using experience. It's just that was enough for me. And I, and I don't want to hear from Microsoft ever again. And I, I and I don't think I've used IE except when forced to on somebody else's computer since then. I won't use it. And yeah. I've had the people have reported that there are problems with IE in, uh, in viewingscripting.com. Yeah. And I say, well... That's you know, your, that's your the, problem. The way it goes, man. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know. Maybe they ought to fix whatever bugs they have because <laughs> it works fine in Chrome. It works fine in f- Firefox. Right. Works fine in Safari. And I'm sure as hell not going to put anything. They want me to put this new thing in there that to make it work with IE. And I'm going. Well, what ha- what would would I do if that broke Firefox users? You're, you're saying I should take a chance on breaking an install based product for IE9 after all the crap you d- you guys did? I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, it's... Uh, Speaking of which... But I Google's getting real close to that, right? And that's this whole business with... Uh, um, there was a great... Uh, before we move off on this one, there was this wonderful article in Computer World um, where there was something that really bothered me about this bonus plan that Larry Page, the new CEO at Google... I almost said Microsoft, by the way... Um, put in place is 25% of their bonus is going to be tied to how effectively they kill Facebook. Yeah. I mean, that's what I heard. I go, this bothers me. Why are they doing this? And what they said is, you know, you're now incentivizing people to play Facebook's game instead of Google's game. Mm-hmm. And I go, that's it. Bing. Put your finger right on it. That's the problem. Is that, you know, you don't get to be dominant and then get to be the thing that, that succeeds you. You know? You're dominant. That's pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know? Enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> Live but, and be well. But don't feel you need to stop every little thing that gets that gets yeah. out there. And even if somebody else comes along and looks like they're going to be as big as you are. All right. You know, that was Microsoft's fatal flaw. They said, well, we need to stop you guys. And so yeah. they decided to focus everything on Netscape. And uh, right. it didn't turn out to be that Netscape was the bug. Google right. was the bug. Right. right. So. Hmm. These tech companies, man. Um, well, speaking of Facebook, I just spent 45 minutes trying to get <laughs> a new author's page started. What's an author's page? It's a page not for a person, but for... It used to be called fan pages, but that was kind of an obnoxious name. So yeah. now it's just a page for, like, you could have a page as a book, as a company, mm. as, a, you know, if you had like a... Like each book can be a page? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, and so I figure I'm going to try and recreate what I used to call my control room in FredFeed for my Twitter feed hmm. as a Facebook page just for my Twitter feed for additional discussion, links, commentary, reactions, and so forth. Because as you know, Twitter is not really very good for conversation. Um, so that's my intention. So I, so I, I wanted to figure out can I have my Twitter feed flow to both my Facebook profile, my personal profile, Jay Rosen, and this page, which is named for Jay Rosen slash NYU. 
and uh, people said I couldn't. People on Twitter said I could. People said it was easy. Uh, it turns out you can, but it's not easy. And I had to try three different browsers and mm. empty the cache and all these, all these. Anyway, uh, now I have that, and so we'll see. Well, how do people find this? Well, I'm going to have to tell them about it. Well, you have some people listening right now. Why don't you tell them? Well, it's J Rosen underscore NYU. Oh, on Facebook. On Facebook. I yeah. see. So it would be facebook.com slash J Rosen. Well, that's uh, another problem. Is it's the, not that. The URL is not as simple as we would want it to be. Huh. Okay. So they just go search for J Rosen underscore NYU. Yeah. And they'll get there. Yeah. Uh-huh. See, uh, I have a different program with Facebook. I'm going into denial. You stopped using it, didn't I you? I did completely stop yeah. using it. Yep. I, I, I actually pulled it off, you know. As a person with an addictive personality, you know, a guy who smoked cigarettes for over 30 years, right. I'm feeling rather proud of this accomplishment. It, it's, it didn't, it's like, you know, quitting smoking. That's Twitter. Twitter quitting <laughs> Twitter is like quitting smoking. Mm-hmm. Quitting Facebook is like quitting coffee, mm-hmm. which is That's relative. That's not easy either. It's, no, yeah. it's very easy for me to quit coffee. I can well, do it anytime right. I want. You know, I mean, it's I've done it many times. There are days I forget to drink coffee. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's not a big deal for me. And Facebook has really been easy to get off. And I just refuse. I mean, I'm going to get off Twitter, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm largely off Twitter. You know, very little of what I do is posted through Twitter. Mm-hmm. Yet, you know, I do broadcast. You know, I still, like, have a link blog. and Oh, you like my link blog in the right margin. I love you? it. You love it. Totally do love you it. Go not there? like love. Really? Yeah. Because I'm thinking about doing something even more radical there. What do you mean? I'm thinking about, um, well, the link blog is in the right margin of scripting.com. So if people want to see it, that's where you go. And um, it was actually motivated, believe it or not, by my my mother. My mom reads my blog, and there would be days when she would see nothing on my blog. And, Mm -hmm. you know, she got used to that. And I'd go, but think to myself but there's all this stuff happening and she can't even right. see it because she doesn't understand and i mean she understands that there is this thing called twitter but what it is all right so she's not a user not so a telling her to check your twitter file she has a twitter that. thing and yeah. she follows me i set it up so she does but she doesn't it's not in her rotation but right. checking my blog is yeah. and so and then i found so i put it there in the right margin then i found that all kinds of old friends of mine were now aware of what i was doing uh-huh. Because I didn't know this, but they were all still checking scripting.com too. Uh-huh. You know, it was like these people were people who, you know, had learned about how to follow me on the web before there was a Twitter, and they never got into Twitter. Right. And there there you go. What I'm thinking about is like taking it out of the right column and just making it the whole site. Well, In other words... Well, how would you blog? Well, the blog would... St- it's very much going back to roots, Jay, because I would blog b- the same way I do now. It's like I would write a blog post and link to it from my Twitter feed. And because that's part of the flow, because now... Oh, so where would I go if I click on the link to your blog post? You'd go to scripting.com slash stories slash oh. 2011 slash the month. You'd go to the same place you'd go if you clicked on the little blue arrow yeah. on my homepage. I see what you mean. It's a different sort of... Topology. Yeah. It's saying it what is going back to what you were doing right. before, and yeah. I think it's much more rational, actually. And you do? Well, I do, and I th- and I also think that it sort of like leads in the direction of where I'm going with uh, w- what is now called Blork, B L O R K. Now wait a second, what is that? <laughs> Blork. Blork. 
Wait worked. a minute. Who came up with that name? I did. <laughs> <laughs> that certainly is a mellifluous. It's not what? <laughs> mellifluous? Can you say that five times? Mellifluous. It's not mellifluous. B-L-O-R-K? Mm-hmm. You won't forget it, though. Blork. Blork. Uh, what is Blork? Blork is what we're working on. Blork is a... Um, is a um, it's a reading and writing environment for news. I yeah. like that part. Yeah, I, I like the subtitle. That's what it is. I mean, you know, I, I you know, it's, you need to have a brand, right? And the brand yeah. has to be. M- Can we help you come up with a better name? Than, sure. Okay. By all means, <laughs> a reading and writing environment for news. I really like that. That's what it is. Yeah. I mean, you know, I. So it's a suite of tools, right? It's but it's all integrated. It's all really an integrated suite of tools. It's right. It doesn't so feel. It doesn't feel like a suite of tools. It feels like a tool. Okay. Feels and like what's. Included in this suite of tools, reading and writing like news, man. It's like you know, you go there. Okay, the first time you go to your blork. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, you, I gotta tell you something. If I tell you the first time you go to your blog, you don't seem to have a problem with that. Well, that's an ugly name too. Okay, go so, on. I mean, so, first time you go to your blork, yeah. the whole idea is that you should be able to do a plug compatible replacement of blog for blork. That the two of them okay, fit. I see, and I people see who yeah. get used to it—it's it not a blog; it's a blur. Right? It doesn't yeah. take very long to get used to it, and people who get used to it actually like it because it—it's kind of funny. Yeah, you know, it's a uh, yeah. It, it has kind of a spaceman feel to it. It's a new word. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it feels like a new word. Eventually, not too long, it will not feel like a new word, and you can sort of feel that that's coming. You know, uh-huh. oh, you go there, you see news, you see something that you want to send to everybody else. You click a button. Guess what the button's named? What? Come on, guess. Chair. No. Care. <laughs> I don't well, know. It could be named. Blur. Uh, blur. No, it's named RT. <laughs> oh, RT. <laughs> yeah, we know what that means, right? Uh-huh. I don't RT. have. I don't know what that stands for, but you know what it does. Right. <laughs> well, you could say it's it's part of the lingo now, RT. It doesn't RT, have to stand for anything. I think right? RT belongs to the universe, not to yeah. anybody. Can, you know, in the... the um, the evidence that that's true is that it was invented by the universe, not the by users. Yeah, yeah, it was invented by users, and right. so it's just as it's equally available to a company in San Francisco, it is available to an open movement. There is somebody said, who says he invented it, by the way. And who's that? Tim O'Reilly. Huh? Yeah. Uh, he's really Tim O'Reilly actually said those words. Uh, I invented retweet. I. Think Whoa. so. We need to check this yeah, one out. I think he does say that. <sighs> I, 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 Excuse me while I take a deep breath. Okay, I'm. This is. I not may a be sigh, wrong about Jay. that, but I'm pretty sure that he does. Yes. I think we're going to give Tim O'Reilly the benefit of the doubt and say that that maybe that, he that's popularized an urban it. myth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that can't possibly be true. That anybody claims to have invented that because. I'll tell you something. I know that I was using Twitter before Tim O'Reilly was. Okay? <laughs> I know that for a fact. I can prove that, right? Okay. And I know that I was RTing, <laughs> maybe not, you know, or whatever. I would, in a way, I would love it if Tim O'Reilly were claiming it because then we could have a huge flame war over it. <laughs> That's where I see this going. Uh, I will not participate in, so, in said flame war, though. Okay, let's put a marker next to flame war. We'll come back to that. Right. Uh, so the RT thing is very important. Did yeah, you be so able you can RT. It's yeah. already, had Google, you see the beauty of it, had Google made plus one something that could work without feeding flow to Google. Right. Guess what I would have done, Jay? Just made it plus one. I would have put it in there. Yeah. 
You know, absolutely. That's where Google. So needs, what if I want to? That's write where something. Google needs to be really brilliant. They yeah. need to think in terms of things that are subversive on a global scale, not selfish. Yeah. That that subvert the hierarchy, not in anybody's favor, but that works for them. Yeah. It works for them because they're not the incumbent here. Right. The incumbent is Twitter and Facebook, but more Facebook than Twitter. Right. So. Right. Um, so what? So in the in the Blork world. Yeah. Uh, Thank you so much for embracing the word. Sure. So, <laughs> so suppose I want to um, write something new. You there's a um, a down arrow right next to the menu, and it pops down a little edit box, mm-hmm. and you type in the box. It looks very much like a, another thing that you've become very familiar with, mm-hmm. and you type in the box and. There's a place where you can, if you want to, you can give it a title, mm-hmm. right? There's a counter that tells you how many characters are in there, but mm-hmm. there's no 140-character limit. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, if you want, attach an MP3 to it, and there you would make a podcast out of it. Mm. Um, there's also an open architecture for adding things to it. So if somebody wanted to make something like Flickr for this, they mm. could do that. That would actually be very easy to do. So um, if I'm writing a 700-word op-ed-style piece or if I'm writing a 140-character tweet, I would use the same box? I don't think you would, actually. I think that – I mean, you could. There's no – I don't th- I don't know what the actual character limit is on it. Mm. I can check for you, though. But if it's if it how many characters did you say? I said seven hundred words. Seven hundred words. Yeah. Okay. If it doesn't hold seven hundred words, I'll make it so it holds seven hundred words. But I think you'd be absolutely bonkers if you tried to write a seven hundred word essay. So how would I do the seven hundred worder? You would use a blogging tool for that. Uh-huh. This is not intended to. This is intended. This is micro, squarely in micro blogging. Okay, micro blogging. Right. The okay. idea here is the the you know the model as you know, this was to make a minimal blogging tool. Right. That was the idea, and the the I was to be open so that any one of these components could be replaced or the whole thing mm-hmm. and without giving up any compatibility there's no user lock-in none of that mm-hmm. stuff so um you know so you have any other questions um so i could it also connects to twitter by the way through through it was originally through twitter feed and that was too slow so i wrote a, 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 an adapter and uh, called Radio Really Simple. Mm-hmm. And it's going to get a new name probably. And that's an app that you can install on any server. I have, have one. You can use it. You can use my app if you want. Um, and it just acts as a bridge between RSS and Twitter. So mm. it's not even particularly bound into this tool. It's just just RSS. Well, what, hap- what happened if I sent a 170-character tweet to Twitter through that tool? It would truncate it. It would just cut it off after 140. It would, it would do better than that. It would uh, cut it off, but if you had a link in there, the link would be preserved, uh-huh. and it would add a couple of dots at the end, uh-huh. so that you know that there was more. Right. It would be a little bit nicer than truncating. But and if I gave this 170 character post a, a title, but you can't have in Twitter, what would it do? Just ignore. It the would title? ignore the title, but uh-huh. any other tool that understood titles would get the title. What like what would be a tool that understood the titles? Google Reader, right? Uh-huh. I mean, it's RSS, so it plugs right. into. That was the beauty of what Chris Dixon wrote yesterday: is uh, that um, 
sure, anything that understands RSS can work with this. Right. That's the idea, you know. Um, that's why you want to build on things that already exist. Right. See, that's what I liked, even though I only understood it dimly, about FriendFeed, when FriendFeed had some momentum. Yeah. Was the idea of combining these services into one feed and and the idea was there'll be soon in the future there'll be other services right that we don't even know yet but do you see how the intention of the developer matters so much in the in the effect on users see they could have gone a com- I mean they actually did a fairly good job of building on open formats and protocols yeah so that what was left after friend feed was not a complete utter disaster had you made something designed something to plug into friend feed you wouldn't be completely up a creek without a paddle but for the most part you would be right mm-hmm. um, because there was nothing out there to take its place right um, very different than if you were to have developed a product to work with Twitter and Twitter all of a sudden decided that it didn't want that class of products anymore there right. you truly are out of business right so there's a big difference uh, had friend feed um, built it so that every component that they well had they stuck around a little bit longer it probably would have happened I don't never got the feeling that they were there for the long term. Brentfeed? Yeah. Yeah. I liked the product. I can't say I loved it because um because how could you fall in love with something that you have such reservations out of for? Yeah. You know, and those were you know, I was not at all surprised when they sold, you know. But Well, I'm uh, still angry about it, not that I right. feel Well it's a you, you should know. be happy about it. Because they taught you something important well, that you'll yeah. stay they'll stay with you for the rest of your life. True. Which is be you have to look at that dimension of a piece of software. It's not, it's, you, you can't just like the software. You have to understand where it's going. Software is a, a process. Right. right. Yeah. No, I do understand that. Um, and I have uh, learned my lesson. So we did accomplish something that was pretty interesting. If we were all caught up on this, then there would be, a, we're, we're still not caught up on Bork, but we're really close, actually, because I just want to say. You mean on this show? Yeah, or and with the with the community that we have, this uh-huh. tiny little community we have, but we're not completely caught up with them. But we're very close because EC2 for Poets, um, which is the tutorial that shows you how to install an EC2 server, now installs a Blork server. Mm. So if you go through the EC, ec2.scripting.com, if you go through that tutorial, mm. at the other end, what you have mm. is a Blork server. It does your the whole server, thing. Your own server, your own switch. Suite of tools, which really one tool. And your own community. And your own community. So, like, for example, NYU could have one. Mm-hmm. Or the journalism school at NYU could have one. Mm-hmm. Or the journalism school at the University of California or anywhere else could mm-hmm. have one of these things. So mm-hmm. that this was bears more discussion over the summer. We hope that it bears yeah. an industry. That's <laughs> yeah. a coral reef. It's a deliberate attempt to create a coral reef. Okay, mm-hmm. When it's all said and done, it's quite possible that this coral reef will have grown to include no software written by yours truly. Hmm. But I believe that it will start something that is very fertile and goes the distance. You know, if this show were a comic book, it would star you as Open Man. 
<laughs> Superhero. And what would you be? Open. <laughs> that, that begs the question, of course. Super user. Super user. Oh, I love that. Super you, user and open man. Do you know that that in that on Unix there is such a thing as a super user? S U. You say S U D O. That means yeah. super user do. Imagine that you know that little thing on my chest. S U. You know, super user. Well, you know with the cape. <laughs> I can totally. I think you still have a ways to go. I think you'd have to talk to Robert Scoble about that. Okay. Well, yeah. Robert Scoble is pretty he high is up. The, to, the, the prototypical super user. I think. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you want to know what a user thinks, is that shows you how much uh, disregard there is for Robert Scoble out there. Shows you how much dis- disregard there is for users. You know? Right. Yeah. No, I'm a Scoble fan. Me too. I always have. Are you been. kidding? Yeah. I mean, sometimes he says. I mean, I understand that. why people don't like him, but. When he ever he acts like a pundit, though, I go, oh, Scoble, give me yeah. a break. But when he talks about usability in software, I definitely listen yeah. very carefully because he is really a user. You know? Also, I, I like how he he, uh, he he promotes entrepreneurs. He promotes people with good ideas. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I've just been cued by our engineer that we're to running out of time. Play, play the music. Ian, um, Open man and super user signing off. <laughs> Hey, Jay, man. Uh, Thanks. Good show. See you next week. Right on.